Welcome to Soul Talk, a podcast founded and created by Monica Ramirez, the warrior of love. Soul Talk was created in 2020 when a pandemic hit and we were in lockdown. She wanted to have exciting conversations with open-minded people so they could understand different aspects of herself and she could help others in the same way. She interviews healers, coaches, therapists, psychics, readers, channelers, mediums, intellectuals, poets, artists, and more. She calls it Soul Talk because it started as a conversation from soul to soul. Hello, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, the Warrior of Love, and we are in Soul Talk podcast and in Podapelusa at the same time. And we have a special invite. Her name is Dawn Bennett, and she is going to let us know uh, a little bit about herself because we have a very interesting talk to you today. Dawn, yeah. would you uh, thank you for accepting uh, our invitation to be in Soul Talk? Mm-hmm. And let us know a little bit about who you are, and we're going to be talking about something very interesting. Yeah. So, who I am, it's very funny how I came on this journey. Um, I got drawn into massage therapy when I was in college through some nurses who were doing healing touch. And I left college to become a massage therapist and did a lot of work um, with patients who had been in car accidents and really started realizing the emotional and the spiritual connection to body pain and how, as I touched people, you know, like happy memories would come up like their grandmother and really sad memories would come up like old injuries or their current injury and how it was impacting their life. And really my sole purpose since then has been to help people heal in that mind body connection way um, through classical homeopathy. I mean, I did that for a while and I do emotional freedom techniques. I do uh, hypnosis with people, neuro-linguistic programming, all kinds of tools to really help them release their unconscious mind, like beliefs that we've been trained to do or who we've trained, been trained to be per se, and really step back into that sole purpose for ourselves. Because of course, that was also my own journey is to release my own crap that I was trained at when I was young. Um, And I've written a couple of books that are all about how do we connect more authentically and find compassion and empathy for each other, either through healthy touch in our culture or also through um, rediscovering our friendships post COVID here as we, as many people are, are living in a, in a way that feels very divisive instead of really opening up and having truthful conversations and curiosity about how other people are perceiving their lives and why. That is so true. And yes, we can teach our talk or heal through our own experience. That's the best way we can We can understand better others if we have experienced the same thing, right? Absolutely. And something that I I was reading uh, uh, for today, uh, what did you send me? It was reclaiming your own power. And that is so important because the majority of the people, they lost it because when they go with the victimhood mentality, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing they lose. And that's the majority of the human beings, right? Yeah. How do you work with your clients reclaiming their own power? Well, first, I like I seek to understand like where do they feel like they've lost their power? Like what are the stories they've been told or that they're telling themselves about why they're not powerful right now? Mm-hmm. What does it feel like? What's the experience like to feel like one's not in power? 
And then what does it look like to have power? Like, does that mean that you're connecting more authentically? Does that mean you're successful in your business? Does that mean you feel like a powerful mom? Does that mean you feel like a really strong, supportive male role model for somebody or that you're the husband of somebody's dreams and you're taking care of the household? Like, what does power look like for you? Mm -hmm. And so understanding that as well, then I can start looking at where have we or have our brains or where society or whatever's been going on, what is it that we've forgotten? What are the learnings that we need to pull back? What's the soul knowledge that we need to pull back into ourselves to step back into that power in that really, truly authentic way? Because sometimes what was powerful for us, like what's powerful for us when we're three might be screaming and throwing a temper tantrum on the floor. And it's not quite so powerful when you're 30, you know, or 50. People look at it and react a little different. So how can we reclaim the power that we want in a way that feels really true, authentic for us and allows other people to engage with us and in whatever way that that feels like or looks like or whatever it sounds like for us in those in those moments? I totally agree. And more because we tend to give it away. Yeah. In so many ways. Mm -hmm. We give it when we are people pleasing and we give it away when... We are feeling the victim. We give it away in so many forms. And the people do not understand that we are giving actually our power. And we're, we get lost. And that happens, I see it with a lot of my clients when they're divorcees. Mm -hmm. Because they gave it away, everything. That's why they ended their marriage at the end. But they still lost. They still do not know where they are or what they want or where they want to go or what is passion. Right. 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 How do you work with them? Sometimes I feel like we feel like we've lost ourselves because we've, you know, like you mentioned, we give ourselves away to a relationship or to a job or to our children. And part of that may be true because we've given a lot of time, energy, and our resources. But also stepping back and honoring the choice that we made in that moment was the best choice we could make for ourselves at that moment. Mm -hmm. That alone is powerful. Saying like, wow, the best I could do at that moment was to like give all my time and my energy to my children because I didn't I didn't I didn't feel as if I could take the time to take a bath or to take 5 minutes for myself or go get a massage or whatever it was I needed to do. And honoring that no matter what's happening in our life, we are doing the absolute best that we can with the resources we have, with what we know with what we believe and how we want to keep ourselves feeling and how our brain actually too wants to keep ourselves feeling safe. Like there are some times when we're like, why can't I do this? Why do I feel like every time I do this, something gets in my way? Sometimes it's that unconscious mind saying like, whoa, 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 you're safer back here. And so helping the brain understand like, no, it's safe to step back into my power. It's safe to regain these things. It's okay to honor what I've done. And now yeah, transition and change into something quote unquote new is challenging. It can be scary. It can be disruptive in a certain way. But that is also a learning process that gets to be honored and that gets to, um, you know, be challenging, right? Like we can be really emotionally upset or challenged at these times, but that also that's part of the process. This is how we grow. And part of gaining our power back is 
stepping into that growth potential. Saying like, oh, my container was here before. Now my container's here. And it feels like, oh, I don't have any power because I'm like, I have all this space between me and my new container. But how now do I just open up my heart and my mind and step into this new container in a bigger and a different way? And I may not, you know, I may have to wiggle around into that container to feel where it's comfortable. And that's okay. That's part of the process of finding ourselves again. I agree. And not only that, uh, I have always uh, received these questions from, from many of my clients. Mm-hmm. How do I know what I'm supposed to do here? Yeah. And that's a very common question in the majority of the human beings when we start working with ourselves. And we're mm-hmm. like, okay, I've been, I don't know, I've been a secretary for so many years and I hated what I was supposed to do. Who do they can find it? Mm-hmm. What I tell my clients is to tune into their heart and their dreams. Because if you dream it, it's possible for you. And I think in society, we're taught that dreams are this like nebulous thing that just, you know, it's, it's a desire. It's too far out of our reach. No, like that's your, that's your body. And that's your, your mind, your soul saying like, Hey, this is, this is possible. And you may not know how to get here yet, but all it takes is that one step forward. So opening your heart, trusting yourself and surrendering to the process, which is, can be really hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm in the middle of a surrender process right now. My whole life has changed in the last two weeks. And it's really also validating to just say like, wow, like everything's changed. And I just trust that like, this is where I'm going next. And this is what I'm meant to do next. And there's nothing wrong with being a secretary for a while or being a mom or doing any of these things, because sometimes that is our path is just to help support other people in different ways. What I was going with that point, it was yeah. many people do what they don't like to do. They yeah, but they don't like to do. And I, and, I, yeah. and, and they just have a job because that brings money. Right. But that doesn't, not the passion. If that's your passion, being a secretary and it really move right. you, that's what you're meant to do. But right. if you hate that job, yeah. Then that's when you have to do that change. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And I did hear you say that. And another frame that I wanted to put around that too is even if you hate your job at the moment, mm-hmm. if you find some acceptance around how it's serving you to be in that space and find the love and the gratitude for that space, it'll also allow your heart to open to help you find your next step as well. So it's a both and like, oh, I realize I really hate this and I'm driven to do something different. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful that I'm here right now. So I have the time or the safety or the security or whatever it is to really explore my heart so I can move forward. And not only that, let's put it like this. If they are in that job in that moment, because they have to be there, they can't change it for for any reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe they need to observe why they're there, Mm. why they choose that job. Mm-hmm. either in that moment because that's this the surrendering what do i have to learn so you can move on later on easier correct mm-hmm. welcome in choosing to be part of this group you have said yes to yourself you've chosen to confront those limitations keeping you from achieving the life of your dreams monica ramirez warrior of love 
is a transformational belief coach. She's a psychic channeler, certified NLP, life coach, BQH, that is hypnotherapy, Akashic Records reader, public speaker, writer, and artist. She works with many modalities and has created her own, like this one, to help you let go of the limitations and achieve the transformation you desire so you can anchor your emotions that you desire. Monica will be hosting a new session every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time, leading the group through a guided meditation, then proceeding to work with people individually. So join Monica here in this free journey by joining the Zoom link. And like the other day, I, I someone asked me, uh, well, your parents are the ones that tell, I know I don't agree with this statement. That's, that's why I'm bringing it out. But if your parents told you you should be a doctor, a lawyer, a bookkeeper, whatever it is, that's what they're supposed to do because that's what their parents tell them. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Correct? Correct. Can you can you talk a little bit about that, please? Mm-hmm. I think this is what happens to us in many areas of our life. Mm-hmm. And it starts out when we're very young because, you know, our parents have to tell us when to eat and when to sleep and when to go, you know, to keep us safe and to keep their own schedules on track. And there's a way that, that our brain, of course, they're an authority figure for us. And so we get to an, to an age where they start saying, you should be a doctor, you should be a lawyer. And there is part of us that in our brain says, oh, what they say is what I should be because they know the best. And it can be very, very easy to get, um, to kind of go along with that, right? To feel like it's the easiest path that I'm not going to disappoint them. I don't have to fight them. But truly, if it's not in your heart and if your your body, your mind, your heart is resisting that, then find a way to communicate more clearly. Like, I love it that you know I'm powerful enough to be a lawyer. I know, I love it that you know that I'm smart enough to be a doctor. However. I'm going to leave college and be a massage therapist because that's what I had to do with my parents. Right. And there's this loveliness around that of also honoring what they want for you, but knowing that your purpose is different and that's okay. And that's beautiful actually. Yes. I I agree with that. Tell us about your books that you wrote. Yeah. So the first book I wrote is called the touch crisis navigating the tricky train of bringing healthy touch back into our culture. And I actually wrote it before the pandemic because I wanted to people to understand the importance of healthy touch and communication um, when we're out at business meetings, when we're out in public, when we um, want a hug from a friend and, or we don't want a hug from a friend and we normally hug them, but we're feeling a little extra delicate that day. How do you say yes to people? How do you say, um, but no to the touch? How do you shift your own wants and needs and desires and become aware of that and be able to communicate that forward? So that book was really about um, helping us understand how to honor ourselves, our bodies, our need for touch, our need for connection as humans, and how do you get that in the most authentic way for yourself? And give yourself grace to know that that also changes in different times of your life with different people in different arenas. Um, The second book I wrote is called What Happened to My Friendships? Five Steps to Navigate the Social Distancing Crisis. And that one is more about where do our beliefs and our identities about ourselves come from? 
And where are we losing or perhaps forgetting to have, or maybe where is our brain still caught in a little bit of fear that prevents us from really being curious about why others uh, believe differently than us, about why others make different choices than us, and coming back to a place where we can have open communication and conversation without feeling like we're losing our identity, we're giving away our power, um, or that we're, you know, just sinking into this opposite thing, but also understanding if people attack us for believing something different, what they might be going through in their own internal struggle, we don't need to take it personally. We get to let that go and just give them compassion for having so much struggle within themselves that they're not that they're challenged to be communicative and curious about others. And I bet that book you wrote it after the pandemic, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just released that one in October. <laughs> yep. Yes, the pandemic in a way did change our lives forever. And mm -hmm. I don't think we're coming back to the before the pandemic or after the pandemic worldwide. Right. Because yes, it happened terrible things. People died. I have an, uh, an aunt that died in, in that time. And many people lost family, but at the same time brought amazing stuff. The pandemic, this is how I see it, because it makes us go inside because we couldn't go outside. Mm. Right? Yeah. And that's what it, it makes us really thought, what we really want. Mm -hmm. And yes, we can see the negative side <laughs> that now you have to cover your, how you smart covers or put vaccines or don't put vaccines or whatever. It divide the world. In mm -hmm. uh, I see it as a, in a way, as a, even a religious part. Like the people when they're trying to convert you into this religion because that is going to save you and the other one is not going to save you. Yeah. The pandemic did the same thing. Put the vaccine or do not put the vaccine and people forcing or not forcing. Or the ones that don't, don't uh, you put it, you're going to be the bad one. Or the ones that you put it, you're the bad one. It divides mm -hmm. because it brought fear. Mm -hmm. But it is resumed to the same thing. It is trying to convert into a belief. Yeah. And that's what we are talking about, the fears, correct? Yes. And also when we are in fear states which our brains naturally got into during the pandemic, not only because of lockdown and such, but because the message, stay safe, stay safe, stay safe, instead of stay healthy, stay healthy, taught our brain that everything out there is dangerous. And so when we're in this natural human mammalian fear state, our emotions and our logic don't run the same way because we're looking for the bear. We're looking for like, How, where do I need to run? Where do I need to hide? Where do I need to fight? Whatever it is in order to stay safe. And it's hard to be compassionate for your neighbors if you're like, where's the bear? Where's the bear? Where's the bear? Where's the bear? You know? And so, yes, about the belief system. And I think some of us that are even more open got, get caught, got caught into it a little bit, into some judgment or into some belief systems or into some fighting because Everybody was in the state, and so it seemed normal to be in that state a little bit. And now that we're backing out of it, we can really recenter ourselves and open back up. And 
what I noticed also in that time that what happened to the uh, to the youth, we still do not understand the damage that did to them. We're talking from teenagers, little kids, that they mm-hmm. didn't went to school, that they were not around. We still do not understand the magnitude that that changed the way mm-hmm. of thinking or even the way of hugging. Mm-hmm. Girls are the ones that are suffering more now that we're out of, well, we're not out of the pandemic yet, but in a way where the fear is already kind of lift off. Mm-hmm. But you try to hug a teenager and they don't even understand what is a hug. Why are you hugging them? Don't touch me. When the old generations, like like us, we still miss that hug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen to that youth then after the pandemic? I don't know. It's so hard to say. Um especially with all the technology technological advances that are kind of supporting that separation, you know, the metaverse and all this ultimate virtual reality. But I am really, really concerned for the kids that were, you know, that the learning age, right? Like ages three to five, where they're also learning boundaries. Like you learn how to touch or not some touch somebody by getting pushed down on the playground or by someone stealing your toy or by someone giving you a big hug or by touching your teacher and you know, wrapping around her leg or whatever. And when that all that's taken away and turned into fear, that brain learning never gets set into place. And so you don't have that natural ability also to look for social cues of what's okay and what's not okay. You don't know your own boundaries because you've not learned that at that age. So that's actually the area that I'm the most concerned about. And don't forget the depression. Many teenagers actually commit suicide. Yeah. And the depression that brought the the lack of human touch, human interaction. Mm -hmm. Well, not only in teenagers, it happened also with many adults in that time. Yeah. And now they don't even know how to interact. I'm so glad that you wrote those books because actually they are so needed right now. Right. Yeah. Now if we can just get everybody to read them, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be sharing the links and where you can find down in the the description of this uh, podcast. So like that, you can get a hold on her and you can buy her books too at the same time. Thank you. Yeah. It has been my pleasure to have you down. Thank you so much. and. The description, uh, all the information is going to be in, in the bottom with the uh, bot of the, so you can find her books too. Great. Thank you very much for being Thank in Salt Talk. Thank you so much. It's so lovely to have a conversation. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.